It's the morning after. I went to bed with thoughts of something lurking in the dark corners of the house. We finished the film last night and I just had to watch something upbeat to get my mind off it. Yes. Hello, intrepid ghost hunters. Welcome to Scaring Sam. We're your hosts, James Reese And Sam Tifford. And welcome to our Halloween season. Our passion for this time of year runs long and deep. Ooh la la. We're not cancelling it here. And what better way to start the celebrations than where it all began. Saturday night, the 31st of October, 1992, at 9.25pm. Ghostwatch aired on the BBC. Little did they know what controversy it would stir up, or how much it would warp my little lizard brain. <laughs> so this is the first thing that you ever saw that was like horror themed it's the first thing i remember so i guess so it all started from here and guess what i was six when i watched it six <laughs> great parenting mum and dad <laughs> yet ghost watch played an important role in my life because it began my love affair with horror and i'm excited to cover it in today's episode sam not so much no not so much <laughs> So first, let's round up the plot. During a live broadcast on Halloween night, four presenters and a camera crew investigate the most haunted house in Britain and attempt to uncover the truth behind the ghost terrorising a family, who they call Pipes. Over the course of the 90-minute broadcast, things go from bad to worst, and as Pipes takes control of the television studio and transmitter network, he unleashes paranormal activity throughout the country. Possessing the presenter back in the studio, Pipes leaves one last haunting message. In Sam's mind, yeah. In everyone's mind. Mm. <laughs> so. Not in James's mind, though. <laughs> so, Sam, what did you think? Well, seeing as we watched this last night and... I couldn't even face to record our podcast straight after it. I, yeah, so as I've already mentioned that we had to, um, we had to watch something more upbeat and um, I was rather scared, wasn't I, James? It wasn't, it wasn't like jumpy. Um, I knew something was going to happen and I think because my mind was then... It was playing tricks on me, I guess. Um, partway through the film, we had to turn on all, all the lights, didn't we? Well, over the course of the running time, <laughs> the house got increasingly lighter. Yeah. Because Sam, Sam started to eye up every shadow in every corner of the yeah, house. Yeah, I did. And then um, even looking out the windows into the darkness of the garden outside, I didn't like that. And there were certain parts in the film where um, the screen goes dark and all I could see was the reflection of me and you and a doorway. <laughs> and a dark hallway behind yeah, us. Yeah, and it was the doorway that I was just like, oh no, something's going to appear. <laughs> I think after we just watched Host, you felt it was going to be the same intensity. You thought things were going to be coming at you. in Not quite. Because I knew um, 
I knew this was filmed in the 90s, so I wasn't really expecting the same level. But with host, I didn't really know what I was expecting anyway. But yeah, so I wasn't expecting to get as scared as I actually did. There was no jump scares. It was all psychological. I think it was well written. Yeah, it's very well well written. I can really understand that um, and sympathise with people watching it at the time thinking it was actually real because it was done in a very realistic way, wasn't it? And you can see where films like Host have taken inspiration from this. Yeah, definitely. And this is, come to think about it, this was 92. This was a few years before the whole trend of all these haunted investigation shows, these reality TV shows, which claim they're all based in reality. Mm. But this predates all of those, and it's the same structure. You've got the Maybe presenter. Maybe this was the, the opening door for things like that. Well, it must have lingered in their minds. Yeah, of course. Um, I do apologise the, the occasional time that you hear me... Um, Sipping my drink. I've got a nice warm cup of tea because it's a bit cold today and I'm needing a bit of soothing tea right now. Still got the ghosts in the back of my head. And we're we're in my family house at the moment, aren't we, James? And um there's no I've never had like any feeling of like any bad vibes in this house. But last night I just oh I couldn't go anywhere <laughs> directly afterwards, could I? Without you, you had to you had to walk with me and all the lights had to be turned on and um yeah, I was I was just a bit scared, wasn't I? Um it started kind of straight away really, didn't it? I think it was the anticipation you was waiting saying because mm. this sh- this whatever you want to call it a film or one of special has a great knack of Grounding it in reality, where to the point, there's long periods where nothing happens. The um, opening scene when we're in, in the house, um, in the bedroom with the two young, two young kids, and um, this is something that I was actually scared of happening when I was going to bed as a kid. Um, and yeah, I will admit, um, I was scared of the dark, and I still am scared of the dark. <laughs> Not as much as I was when I was younger, but. Um, I don't have to have lights and stuff on nowadays, but I still have those moments where my mind is um, playing tricks on me, or is it? Who knows? Um, never know. No, you do never know, do you? I grew up, after watching this, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking something was in the corner of the room, mm. just like this scene. Yeah, and I think many people have experienced something like this because it is the unknown and... I think a lot of people are affected by the unknown. Well, the clever thing they've done is that they've set it surrounding a working-class family in a council estate, and especially if you grew up in the 90s, your house probably looked the same as this. So it's a very familiar environment where you're looking around your house, just like Sam was, and you're thinking, oh, God, is this going to happen? But the story was inspired by the media coverage surrounding the Enfield Potergeist which would be very loosely adapted for The Conjuring 2. And when I say loosely, I call bullshit on the events that happened in that film. But despite this show being billed as an unusual and sometimes disturbing film at the beginning, many of its 11 million viewers, which was the highest rating ever for a standalone special in the UK, 
they were convinced what they were watching was real. Mm. I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised either. And even watching it so many years after it aired, so, yeah, just the the ghosts, like, popping up. I think the first one that... um, It did actually make me jump a little bit, didn't it? But it's not one of those jump scares that we're used to in horror films. So the figure behind Dr Pascal, um, that one made me jump a bit. um, Because I don't think I was actually expecting it to be in the studio. I didn't really like watching it um, at night time either. Because that's when we're meant to be watching these. Yeah, well, I didn't like it. But if anyone needs like context, it's the same as what they did in the Haunting of Hill House show, where even though they play no part in the story, unlike this one off special, there's always ghosts in the background for you to spot if you're a keen-eyed viewer, mm. which adds. That genuine creepiness. You just spot these things and no one else is acknowledging it in the show. And you just feel a little bit on edge after. Yeah, there was one that um there was one scene where I saw the figure and you didn't. That's the thing, the second you look away or you're looking at your watch or something, you're looking at your phone, you're gonna blink and miss it. Yeah, but oh that so that one was where we were in the house and in the kitchen area and um all the people were, you could see, like the cameraman was like turning around, you could see everyone there. And then all of a sudden, the um, cameraman kind of pans to the reflection in the um, patio doors. And then you saw the figure. <laughs> that made me jump a little bit. But um... well, What made Ghostwatch feel genuine to audiences was the use of known British TV personalities at the time, including Sir Michael Parkinson and Red Wolf's Craig Charles. Yeah, I thought that was quite clever, actually. I know for any listeners in the States, Sir Michael Parkinson is the UK equivalent of Larry David. Got that? Good. Anyway, a phone number was provided so that viewers could call in and discuss their ghostly experiences. Whoever got through first heard a message telling them that the show was fictional before giving them the chance to share their stories. However... The number was bombarded by calls during the show and many people just got the engaged tone. Mm. Instead of reassuring viewers that it was all made up, it unintentionally added to the realism. So you can understand <laughs> all the controversy that happened in the UK following this show. Yeah. I mean, w- one of my personal experiences that I've had with um, with ghosts... Um, so me and my parents were going on holiday and we had to do like a pit stop and they picked a a lovely hotel I can't remember where it was now Um, had peacocks in the garden and it was very idyllic Um, little did we know that it was actually haunted Um, part of the hotel was haunted the old part I didn't know if I was staying in the new or the old (laughs) and um but I didn't really think much of it, and then I stayed in. I stayed in one of the rooms, and I did not get much sleep. I felt like something was watching me. So you didn't know in advance that the place was haunted. No, yes. it was like the the morning after. Well, let me share one of my ghostly encounters. Mm. Obviously, now in hindsight, this show must have influenced the narrative we've started to tell amongst the family about the ghost in our house. 
as we we kind of call it like the Guardian or something. It seems to have came about around my childhood. But one night, me and my older brother was sitting in the living room watching TV. It must have been autumn or winter because the nights were long. Our parents were out. My older brother must have been coming back home from work. So it was just the two of us watching TV and no windows were open, nothing. And all of a sudden, the doorknob just started rattling. Like somebody on the other side was grabbing it and just rattling it. And of course, me and my brother, we looked at each other. Neither one of us wanted to move. But of course, he was older, so he had to take charge. (laughs) And he reluctantly got up, slowly opened the door. All he came face to face with was a dark hallway. And of course, nothing was there. And there's no explanation. Mm. There was no wind. All the windows were closed. And it was just rattling. That's one of the many experiences we've had in our family home. But it's not like a horror film. It's not constant bombardment of horror. The experiences happen years apart. Mm. But there's definitely something going on. There, there is, isn't there? Because I remember when um, it was one of the first times I stayed around your family house and... Um, I can't remember what time it was that I woke up, but I just, I felt something just looking over us. And then I remember waking up in the morning and I said that something was, <laughs> something was watching us. But I didn't, I didn't feel like dangered or anything, but just that sense of something was there, but I couldn't see it. Well, that's why we kind of call it a, the Guardian, because my mum believes that... When I became ill as a child, when I was six weeks old, I almost died from pneumonia. Mm. I barely survived. But when I came back from the hospital, mum thinks that whatever this thing is came back with me. Because as I got... Mm. Exactly. And as I got older and obviously began to speak, I always used to comment about playing with another kid in the house, which no one else saw. (laughs) But I I always said it was like another me, which is a bit odd. And one time... Obviously, years later, on a night out, of course, being a cautious mother, she was half asleep and anticipating my return. She got up and as she looked down the stairs, down to the landing, she saw this figure looking up at her. But she said it looked like a combination of all of her sons together. Oh, that's strange, yeah, isn't it? And then it faded away. But of course, you can put that down to her being half asleep. But it just... And you weren't in the house at that point? I hadn't got home by then. I was still clubbing. So this was about half one. I didn't get in until about half two. Is it a ghost? Is it something else? We don't know. Or is it our minds playing tricks on us? Exactly. It could be anything. Just like this show, there's always the detractors. There's always the people trying to debunk it. And there's always the hardcore believers. Mm. But it's also worth noting that Ghostwatch was so far ahead of its time. This predates years before the shaky cam found footage boom that the Blair Witch Project ignited back in 1999. Mm. That's how far ahead of its time, and that's why so many people believed it was real. Because why wouldn't it be real? With all these um, presenters, why would they be acting for something like this, really? The, the thing is, they advertised it in the Radio Times. They said it was fictional. Even had the title card at the start that said it was a drama but everyone just seemed to just block that out of their mind as they continue watching it it was shot in a way that it was realistic but next day every newspaper in the uk were reporting how troubled viewers were watching it literally there's so many accounts a vicar complained 
believing that even though he knew it wasn't real, he thought the BBC had summoned demonic forces. <laughs> and apparently one woman wanted compensation for buying a new pair of trousers because her husband sold himself watching it. Oh my goodness. But, <laughs> unfortunately, out of all these events, the most tragic was 18-year-old Martin Denham, who killed himself five days after the broadcast. Mm. He had learning difficulties, and he believed the rattling pipes in his room were due to ghosts. Oh. And a note in his pocket addressed to his mum read, If there is ghosts, I will be one, and I will always be with you as one. Oh. And so that's heartbreaking, isn't it? Just his unfortunate circumstances. Mm. Because of the pipes in his room and the ghost pipes. That's how mm. he communicated in the show. And of course, the BBC afterwards had to issue an apology. And any and all mention of Ghostwatch was pulled. Not even the Radio Times would be allowed to bring it up again. And two years later, the British Medical Journal allegedly cited it gave children who watched it PTSD. So clearly I wasn't the only child whose parents thought it was fine to watch. Well, I suppose things like this, it's each to their own, isn't it? Parents need to figure out what their child can handle because no one is the same. Some people are more sensitive than others, like myself. <laughs> you compare our childhoods. Um, I would have been so scared. My parents wouldn't have let me watch that because they knew I would be very scared. And of course, it's the 90s. It's not now. There's far more political correctness than there was back then. And parents are far more lenient when it came to allowing their children to watch such things as this. I mean, I remember, it must have been a couple of years after this, watching The X-Files. And again, that affected me. So I watched that and I started believing in aliens. <laughs> I spent years thinking I was going to be abducted in the middle of the night. And you don't believe in aliens now? Yeah, I believe in aliens, but... <laughs> But these days, I'm far more sceptical when it comes to all the fake photoshopped videos you see on YouTube. Because think about it, this is 92. There's no YouTube. There's no fake news. There's no photoshopped footage of anything. Of course, there's hoaxes, but there's none of this mockumentary stuff really on TV, especially primetime TV in the UK, until Ghostwatch. Mm. So people were completely blindsided. I think one of the first things that I saw... Um... <laughs> And you're going to laugh with this. It was a episode of Jonathan Creek. Mm. And um, I haven't watched it in so many years now. Any of the episodes because of this one episode. And I can't remember how old I was, but it was this episode where um, there was this one-eyed monster. Who, Cyclops. Yeah. And um, this lady was trapped in the house and had to get away from it and um, hid in her cupboard and still the, the, the cyclops um, got to her with a, a knife. And the issue was that scared me was the cupboard doors are exactly the same as my cupboard doors in my room. So it's these little connections, isn't it? And I think that because this ghost watch was done in such a realistic way that people could connect with it instantly. This is just a normal household, a normal family, um, and that's that's why people got so affected by it, because it was so just normal. There's no gothic house. It's not in the middle of nowhere. It's not some well-to-do family. 
mm. on this massive estate with some, I don't know, governess coming in to take care of the child, experiencing all this stuff. It's just everyday people. It's you and me going through all this trauma. Mm. And I think you didn't see a lot of that back then. Not in this context. No. But it's, it's also the way that it's shot as well, isn't it? That um, we're, we're focusing on, on these these characters and every time the camera pans off a character I'm literally like I'm sitting in my chair like we're gonna see something no don't look into the darkness and there were a few moments where I'm hiding behind my hands um and I said to you I don't like this (laughs) okay that was a little bit freaky that was just (laughs) my cat (laughs) But it's the story they tell as well. It's when you've got Craig Charles outside on the street talking to the neighbours mm. and you've got these really disturbed stories about children going missing and then finding a dead dog in the playground. Yeah, that was a bit... That was graphic. Was you, you, don't, you didn't yeah. even see anything for the way they described it. Yeah. The way that they describe it makes you feel like you, you were seeing it. So all of it... Leaves you ill at ease. It, clearly, this hu- it's not just a house, this street. Something is going on. And they slowly build this story. And it gets, of course, it gets more and more fantastical. But because it was slowly built up, the audience aren't thinking, hang on, this is a bit elaborate. Mm. You're fully drawn into it. Mm. But despite all the controversy, Ghostwatch generated a loyal fan base who reveled in horror. Whilst it remained in a decades-long exile, pirate copies were being flogged around mm-hmm. and people were trying to seek it out. Because, again, this is before the internet. This is before eBay. Mm. So could you imagine the feats people went to to see this? Yeah. I mean, it got to a point where I thought I imagined it all because I was six <laughs> years old. And then there was no copies of it. There's nothing around. I thought I started thinking that I, when I saw pipes, when you first see pipes in the room mm. lingering by the curtain... I started, my memory started concocting that it was a knight in shining armour or something. Oh. Because I must have been watching Scooby-Doo or something. (laughs) And that's all because they've taken it away and they're not... um, Literally, um, the BBC banned all mention of it. Yeah. Which obviously gets people talking about it more, doesn't it? It literally, it was was banned for a decade and then it was released on DVD. But I... (laughs) <laughs> I remember watching this like horror countdown on Channel 4, like the 100 scariest moments or something, and that's when I rediscovered Ghostwatch. I was like, oh, all right. So it I'd, was real. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> but then, obviously, I'm older now, and this is now after the Blair Witch Project mm. and all these things that terrified me. But, of course, coming back, coming back to Jonathan Creek, I can guarantee you this is the same issue as Chucky. You're going to watch it now, and you won't be afraid. Oh, yeah, most likely... But it's just, I think it's one of those things that if you watch it when you're a child, it does just stay with you, doesn't it? And until you face your fear, like what I'm doing with this podcast, <laughs> James is putting me through um, <laughs> horror therapy. Um, yeah, until you actually face it, you are just, it's, you're scared of the unknown. You're scared of whatever that thing was when you were a child whatever your memory concocted yeah but it's like chinese whispers isn't it over the years 
your memory will like slightly change things and it will grow into something a bit more than what it was in the beginning, I think. Our memories are notoriously unreliable. But you think I would laugh at that thing you were scared of on Jonathan Creek. I remember being scared of the polymorph in Red Dwarf, coming back to Craig Charles. <laughs> I distinctively remember family sitting down watching Red Dwarf and it must have been a repeat. At the start, it's a parody of Alien and some garbage, I don't know, airship thing is cut, is heading towards Red Dwarf and you hear this alien roar emitting from out. I thought you were going to do it then. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember hearing that and I was like hiding myself under the blanket and like wailing to turn someone to turn over the channel mm. but of course you look at it now and it's red dwarf for god's sake it's a comedy yeah it's a parody of alien and then I, of course i watched alien and i was not afraid as i was as a child at that start of that episode but it's as as children i think we're more imaginative and creative in our minds aren't we we are expanding on these little ideas and um that's just yeah, that's that's why you were scared, because... <laughs> you can look back and laugh, like you can now look back at Chucky and laugh. And like I said, the X-Files, I was like afraid of aliens, and I used to have this like tin poster of basically, because this is the 90s, aliens were big back then, and I had like the classic alien grey with the big black eyes, and it had some kind of like, I want to believe or whatever thing underneath it. And I had this on my wall, and I was so terrified when I woke up in the middle of the night looking at this poster, I literally used to just... Flip it around. Why did you have it? Exactly. Why'd I have it in the first place if I didn't like it? Yeah. Again, now they're just aliens. Mm. We're saturated by it. I remember a um, story that my dad told me. Um, he told me a few times about scaring my mum because my mum doesn't like horror films either. And um, I can't remember what what film it was. It was something to do with like zombies or something. And um, he leaves my mum watching part of the film or they've finished watching the film or something, but he goes out of the room and does this thing with his eyes where you you lift up your eyelids and then you've got (laughs) just the whites of your eyes. And he comes back in the room like that. And, oh, my gosh, apparently my mum, like, screamed the roof off. This is before I'm born, but um, yeah, that that story's been told a few times, and that's why my mum doesn't like horror films, so being in a house where horror films aren't really on very much, but then the odd thing pops on, and I was absolutely terrified. But it's the way you condition yourself. I mean, you can watch Alien, because you tell yourself it's just a sci-fi movie, it's Mm. not a horror. No, um... Yeah, I don't see I don't see Alien as a horror film because I was brought up on all different types of like sci-fi. F- <laughs> I was brought up on all different types of sci-fi films. That's what my dad really enjoyed watching, and that's what I really enjoy watching now as well. But that wasn't. I mean, I probably got jump scares from it, but I didn't really classify it as a horror film. And that's one of the good things about Dating Sam. I can see all these sci-fi films of her. Yeah. You enjoy it. Yeah, I can avoid watching chick flicks as much as I possibly can. Well, I do like chick flicks too. Mm, of course you do. And Disney films. And I have made you watch a few of those. Yes. <laughs> Generally after we're watching something scary. That's my version of scaring Sam. <laughs> I think about it, we now live in a world where sensationalism and fake news is the norm. 
But when it comes to the media, Ghostwatch stands as a testament to the thin line between facts and fiction. Something we're forced to live in all the time now. I mean, what can you believe these days? Whatever you choose to believe. Mm. But everything evolves these first fears. So like I'm, I'm scared of spiders and I'm scared of the unknown and of dolls. And we have this clown doll that's just staring at me <laughs> at the moment. And I don't know why we have this clown doll in the, in the house. We've always had it. But it's always staring at me. Clown doll, the ultimate expression of horror. Yeah. Why is it there? I just don't know. <laughs> right then, so what, what do you think children are afraid of now? Because we, we're not we're 90s kids. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media. But that's, that's why our imaginations go out of control. So what are they going to be afraid of now? What's going to terrify them? Is it all going to be found online? Things are so more accessible, aren't they? So they're possibly going to grow up with watching more different varieties of things that we weren't, we didn't have available to us. So like, like in my household, my mum didn't like horror films, so we didn't watch horror films. It wasn't something that was readily available. And then Jonathan Creek would come on and it was ever so slightly scary. I love Jonathan Creek. I think you would like it. <laughs> um, but then that scared me. And think about it, what, back in the 50s, the likes of Stephen King, he was afraid of creature features or like the wolf man that which inspired him when he wrote it that's what the children in the book were afraid of which of course when they made the film pennywise couldn't turn into those creatures anymore because that wouldn't terrify audiences it's just strange i mean uh, this is a crazy year anyway but then you had a few months ago the pentagon revealing that they had vehicles which were from off world they're basically saying they had ufos and nobody bat an eyelid literally if that was a headline in the 90s it would dominate all the papers. And everyone would be going crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> Especially at the height of the popularity of the X-Files. But these days, people are think... just like, oh, yeah. shrug. I think because so many things have happened, everyone just thinks, oh, it's just it's, it's a normal day. We're all living in bubbles, aren't we? we? Choose to believe and not believe things every day, don't we? Um, choose to not listen to things. And... That's, I guess that's just one of those things that people either say, well, yeah, I actually believe in aliens, so, oh my God, is this real? Or if they don't actually Again, Everyone's care. looking now and they're thinking, is this real? Is it fake? Nobody cares anymore. But also, maybe it's not that nobody cares, but um, how do we know, as like non-scientists, <laughs> how do we actually know what is real and what is not? So it's got to that point now, you can't even look at anything when it comes to news and decide whether mm. it's real or not. So how do you scare audiences these days? It must be so much more challenging now to terrify people. Most people. <laughs> well, you say, you say that, except I get scared still. <laughs> and then, again, despite me saying this, Ghostwatch still holds up. Yeah. I thought you wouldn't be impressed. I thought you would just completely watch this with a frown completely bored really i guess no i no i wasn't i wasn't bored as i said as as i've said before that it wasn't like a jump scare it's not like any of the films that we've watched previously um i don't it's it's all just in the mind i think if you are already scared of the darkness the unknown maybe ghosts maybe if even you just believe in paranormal yeah, something more 
Um, yeah. If you believe in something like that, if you're scared of something like that, then that is going to, I don't, I don't really want to use this term, but benefit <laughs> you watching this film. Um, because then you are going to get scared because you already have that in your head, don't you? And um, one, one thing that I would be interested in is to know if our listeners, if, if you guys are scared of ghosts and yeah have have you watched this have, have you, you watched ghost watch and have you had any experiences yeah we like to know um, we would actually genuinely like to know so sam what is your final verdict well i would definitely say um sam scared yeah it's definitely it's definitely one w- worth to watch it lingers it does it does linger in the brain um what did you think james obviously i know you've seen this before but what's it like watching it again well for me if you truly want to get in the halloween spirit this october look no further than ghost watch <laughs> it may look a little dated now but it still holds up and it will creep you out it's going to put you on edge mm. so seek out a copy before the 31st and on that bombshell i'm james and i'm sam and you've been listening to Scaring Sam. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scaring Sam Pod. And you can contact us at scaringsampod at gmail.com. And remember that we are interested in hearing your stories too. Um, so just give us a little contact. And please rate and review us on iTunes. It's always appreciated. <laughs> Stay, Stay safe. safe out there to... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, also let us know if you like this part. <laughs> Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there, there tonight. tonight.